This is the EXO Podcast. Now here's your host, Fred Evans. All right, welcome to the EXO Podcast. We're having a great time talking about life, love, and the pursuit of a healthy relationship. Hey, we have some important news, some breaking news. This event next weekend at EXO Conference in South Lake, Texas is sold out. The live event venue is completely sold out. This is the first time we've sold out so soon. Uh, it really has had a lot of excitement and anticipation around it. We will have uh, a big lineup, a lot of people at the live event, but don't worry. We have simulcast locations all around the country and even around the DFW area that you can go to. Go to exomarriage.com, check out the simulcast page. There's a lot of host sites that you can, you can go to. There's only two states not represented. So if you live in New Hampshire and Connecticut, sorry, you'll have to find something else to do that weekend. But we would love to have you at any of our host site locations. If you can't come to the event next weekend, we have Exo Tulsa coming up. It's also going to be a live event with my dad, Jimmy Evans, and other special guests and special speakers. So please check that out again at exomarriage.com. We'll have an opportunity. We have some swag. I've got some gold. This is stuff for girls. I'm not going to drink out of a gold mug, <laughs> even though it's very, very beautiful. It's great. Women get it. And the swell bottle. I'm wearing uh, an Exo leather wristband, and this will have uh, some guys' merchandise at the events. If you come, check it out. We have some swag for you. This is going to be a great event. Today on the podcast, we're going to have two special interviews with people who are speaking at next week's event. Clayton and Ashley Hurst from Lakewood, Texas, and also George and Tondra Gregory. Uh, George is the chaplain for the Los Angeles Chargers. You do not want to miss it. I almost said the San Diego Chargers because how do you not say San Diego after all these years? But he's also uh, been with the New York Jets as well. He's a great guy. Both of them have a marriage ministry. And we'll talk to them later in the podcast. But first, this is a very, 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 very big deal to have Clayton and Ashley Hurst on the podcast joining us from Skype in some some uh, secure, unknown location at Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. Yes. <laughs> uh, Ashley, please show that you have the other AirPod in your ear. Yes, we are using AirPods. We've moved up in the world, so. Well, I wanted to say. They are great, too. This is a perfect example of how y'all share and y'all have one you're sharing one set of headphones one set of one set of we headphones do. one set of uh, airpods we're uh, we're loving it and you sound great through them so yeah they're awesome good we highly recommend them <laughs> well y'all the directors of, of marriage and parenting at lakewood church lakewood church is one of the largest yeah. churches uh, in america and so welcome to the podcast thank uh, you thanks so much for having us and we we absolutely love everything that you guys, marriage today. Uh, your your mom and dad, Jimmy and Karen, just we love them to yes. death. They're heroes of ours, and mm-hmm. uh, absolutely love everything that you guys do to help resource uh, married couples really around the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what our marriage would be like if we didn't have the materials that you guys provide. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Uh, y'all were actually a part of our first one of our first marriage on the rock certification programs, right? That's how we met the first time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what? I, re- I remember going through yeah. that. Yeah, I think it was one of the first ones. And man, it was just so rich to to just load everything that your dad had to offer. And uh, I remember looking at Ashley going, you know, where was this when we, when we yes. first got married? And uh, yeah, we, we absolutely love it. We have uh, two different classes that go through it continuously at our church. And we use it for not only premarital, we mm-hmm. use it for hurting marriage. We use it for ongoing marriage. It's such a utility resource that we use here at the church. Yeah. And it's so well laid out because, Mm -hmm. um, you can show the video or you can teach right from it. And 
it has been so great to have in our church. We love it. Well, I want to honor your senior pastor at the very beginning of the podcast because Joel Osteen's amazing. He's awesome. Um, you know, he I've met him personally. I know he's friends with my dad. But y'all have had the honor of working with Pastor Joel. And mm-hmm. it, you have a new book coming out, Hope for Marriage. It's out. And he wrote the foreword yeah. for it. He, that's a big he, deal. He did. He did. And that is, we, he was very gracious. He is, uh, you know, we love telling people that he's the same on the stage as he is off the stage, yeah. just like just like your dad. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we've been so uh, fortunate to spend the last 13 years on staff here mm-hmm. and uh, absolutely love uh, Pastor Joel and Victoria. Yeah. They, they've really been behind us from the very beginning. Uh, they're actually the ones that uh, wanted us to in the marriage and parenting ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when they found out about the book, they were, uh, they basically said, whatever we can do to help. And so he was very gracious to yeah. uh, write the forward for us. Mm-hmm. So nice. So the new book's out. Yeah. Hope for your marriage. Hope for your marriage. Hope, Hope for your, your marriage. marriage. Uh, yeah, it was, it really wasn't anything that was on our bucket list. Uh, but we, but we really felt like that whenever we were approached with the opportunity that we'd kind of tell our story yeah. and uh, just kind of share things from uh, our perspective uh, that things that we wish that somebody would have told us, yeah. uh, things that we wish somebody would have kind of walked through the different areas with. And we tell a lot of stories about, <laughs> you, you'll hear a lot of great stories about the mess ups oh, that man. I did. Uh, Share some of those. Yeah, I want to well, hear. Um, well, he used to uh, blow his nose in our brand new towels that we got as wedding gifts because he thought that regular Kleenex was too rough on his nose and out the hard way. it's real soft you know i like the soft towels the cotton you know and i could rub it together and it would be like it disappeared (laughs) it was great what i what i didn't realize is that it then hardens and so yeah she found out the hard way yeah yeah Um, did you make him clean you want another one that was pretty interesting (laughs) that's awesome that's in the book yes that's in the book that's not even the worst one probably the worst was when he, so he used to work at a university. He used to work in IT at this uh, small Christian university in East Texas. And um, it was in August, right after we got married, like two months after we got married. Yeah. And uh, the the dean of students. Yeah. So he was in charge of all the care packages that all the freshmen got when they came to school. And, and all the freshman boys' care packages were condoms. <laughs> so... He walked into, Clayton walked into his office and was like, hey, man, what are you doing with all these boxes? He goes, he said, well, I have to go through every box. They put a condom in them and I got to get rid of all of them and I don't know what to do with them. And Clayton was like, I'll be right back. He ran out, grabbed a trash bag, ran back in and said, I'll take them. It'll save me so much money. <laughs> so smart man. So he so, came. So he- Five gallon trash bag filled to the brim. I go home over my shoulder and yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, I've married a sex maniac. I was like, look at all these. Wait, this will last us like a year or two. And I'm think, thinking a year or two, there's like a thousand in here. Oh my gosh. That's a great story. So, yeah. Well, I love that people are getting to know you because y'all have a great you know family. You have kids. Y'all are working, both working in ministry. Uh, there's a yeah. lot of stress on, on your marriage and y'all have learned yeah. a lot how to overcome those. But talk about your current, like you're you're living in Houston, Texas. You're you're working, and Ashley, you have a background in events and production. You're very successful right. as well. But how does how does the everyday life and, and what y'all are experiencing play into now that you've written a marriage book and you're experts? You know, how, oh gosh, talking to people how how to get through each phase of life and be successful. Yeah, you know, there's a quote that your dad said at that. Um, that uh, marriage on the rock marriage certification, on the rock certification yeah. that just stuck with me. I wrote it down. We even put it in our book. 
Um, he said, soulmates aren't born, but they're created through the trenches of life. And that is so true. We thought we were soulmates when we married because we were so in love. And um, But man, it's been over the years that we've really become soulmates. I mean, we've gone through, you know, very difficult times in our marriage just with the struggles we face, but just, you know, kids that have passed away and just, you know, there were times in there where we had a lot of financial um, burdens on us. And if we didn't have that, solid place between us, you know, where we were like, we're in this until death do us part. You know, when we got to the point, instead of saying, we're going to fight each other, we're going to fight for each other. You know, when we got to that place where we were like, we're in this for the long haul, we're going to work out any issue that we're going through, you know, no matter what, you know, we're going to, if we need to humble ourselves, we're going to humble ourselves and work through this. It was when we got to that point that we became soulmates. And now anytime we face anything in our lives and, you know, it's every especially recently just with our schedules we always come back to that okay wait a second we're in this until death do us part it's god's first we're second our kids are third and everybody else is fighting for fourth and so we have to keep that in the forefront in front of us every day you know every day we wake up and say we're going to choose to love each other we're going to choose to forgive each other we're going to choose us over everything and so because we have that mindset no matter what we face in life we always go there. Yeah, and I think it's something that we have to evaluate regularly. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's something, especially with the different seasons. I think every every marriage goes through seasons. You know, mm-hmm. some some are longer, some are shorter. But I think for us, we've learned to have those conversations and, and have that effective mm-hmm. communication on a regular basis to say, you know what? Hey, we need to really focus in on um, the kids right now or on yeah. this particular child right now because they're going through this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, we always try to put uh, our kids first. You know, we, we've heard so many times your first your first church is your family. Mm-hmm. You know, so we try not to put the things that we do in ministry before the things that we do for our family. And yeah. so that's a that's a that's that tension that you have from time to time. But I think as we continue to open up in communication, we continue to work through that. You know, we kind of find our rhythm, you know, and, and we have to search for that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Good. So who was the, the book written for? Hope for Your Marriage. When you when you were thinking about the target audience, who is this book for? I think really it's it's across the board. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it. we wrote a lot. So the first five years of our marriage went from awesome to terrible. We found ourselves in this valley of hopelessness at year five. And so we wrote the book for those that, well, first of all, here's what we we don't do this, (laughs) avoid this, do this. So it's for those people that are like, you know what, you know, I I want, what pitfalls can I avoid just from simply knowledge and wisdom? Here's, here's what, here's what we learned. And then it's also for people, you know what, I'm in that pit. I'm in that valley. How do I get out? Okay. Here's how we got out of it. And so it's really for those yeah, and, and I think we across the board we also address some specific things for those that are dating, those mm-hmm. that maybe they they are about to get engaged or even are engaged, and then we also it's really kind of across the board. You know, it's funny whenever we had, we were talking with the person that um, that approached us about the book, they said, you know, don't don't feel like you got to throw everything in this book. This you know, uh, don't try to tell every story that you have. But really across the board, um, you know, we even address things that happen happen with our parents uh, or maybe that we've heard through other people that have been married for a long time. Yeah. You know, so it, it's really this kind of uh, large, wide gamut that uh, that mm-hmm. people that are dating, 
they've been married for five minutes or 50 years, mm. you know, yeah. and it's, it's one of those things we even talk about the importance of leaving a legacy, you know, and the importance of change in your marriage, the importance mm-hmm. of communication and those things. So, yeah, it's good. Well, the word, yeah. the word hope jumps out at people. I know people, people struggle. Yeah. The word hope jumps out. What were we going to say, Ashley? Oh, I was just going to I mean, it's kind of on the lines of that, of just this biblical hope of, you know, I might not believe in my circumstances right now, but I believe in a God who does the impossible. Mm. You know, we tell stories, you know, not just our story of getting out of the valley, but we also share, I know Richard and Sherry, you've had on your um, program many times, we share their story of, you know, we've been married a couple times and now we're failing. You know what? There's hope. Mm-hmm. We tell a story of um, a couple at our church who had an affair. There's hope. We tell another story of the one um, where the spouse was dealing with pornography issues. There's hope. Another one where their child has autism. There's hope. And so we try to just spread the net of hope, regardless of whatever situation you're in. If you put Jesus at the center of your relationship and you depend on him, there is hope. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Amen. That's good. So Exo Conference next weekend, you're going to be live in South Lake, Texas. Tell me what you're going to be talking about to the audience. Well, I think uh, a lot of what we're going to be talking about is straight from our book. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to tell some stories, some of the funny ones that you haven't heard yet. Bring the, uh, bring the dish gonna, towels, your, your wedding gift. Bring, bring those. We are, yeah, we are going to bring <laughs> Live those, demonstration uh, <laughs> and the condoms. Bring the, <laughs> the trash bags. Trash bags. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of good stuff. Uh, no, I, I think it's uh, it's sharing that, that message of hope, you yeah. know, that – that anything's possible, that regardless of where you are, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's just a small adjustment. You know, maybe it's just obviously they're coming to XO, they're coming to learn, they're coming to receive mm-hmm. and get the tools that they need from this great lineup of, of, of speakers. You know, our, our challenge and our hope is that leave there, all of us will leave there different than the way we came in. Yeah. You know, all of us will take a look at where our marriage is and realize, man, you know what, God has so much more for us mm-hmm. in front of us. Our greatest days are still out in front of us in our marriage, regardless of where we are right now. You know, we can begin taking these small steps. And I think that's where we have been at different times in our in our marriage that we realize that, you know what, we're, we're not where we used to be, mm-hmm. but we're not where God wants us just yet. We're still growing. We're still learning. You know, and I think that will continue really until one of us takes our last breath. And I, I remember my, my parents told us this past summer, uh, we're, uh, they just celebrated 55 years of, uh, of marriage. And I love what they said. They were going to a conference. And they said, you know what? Uh, I said, why are you going to a conference? You should be like on a European cruise or something. You should be coasting. If anybody deserves to coast, it's you. <laughs> and I'll never forget what my mom told me. She said, she said, you know what, Clayton? The moment we stop growing, uh, I'm sorry, the moment we stop learning, we stop growing. That's good. And I said, you know what, for somebody who's been married for that long, and I've seen them go through some different times of just some small adjustments that were needed in their marriage, you know what, I want to continue to to learn. I want to continue to go in my marriage even past 55 years. Yeah. yeah. I think also we want to um, empower people with how important vulnerability is mm. um, because we found ourselves, you know, five years into our marriage, Clayton was the children's pastor at our old church. And we didn't feel like we could go to anybody for help. And man, the church should have been the place we, we should go to for help. And we could have. There were people there that would have helped us. Yeah. But we were so incredibly embarrassed mm-hmm. and so ashamed of he's this pastor and here we are. Uh, you know, our communication was terrible. We had we were very, very we were 
there was a lot of unforgiveness. We were very prideful. And um, I had just given birth to our first child, and I was dealing with severe postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And so that year, I mean, we were just, we were in a va- valley of dry bones, which we talk about in the book, and we just didn't see a way out. And if we would have just talked to somebody, we could have saved ourselves so much time and hurt if we would have just reached out to somebody at our church and not been embarrassed because I know people would have helped us. And so that's what we want to say is just, if you need help, go get help. I'm going to think anything about you. I mean, I'm going to be honest. The the times that I find him the most appealing and the sexiest is when he is vulnerable with me, when he shares things with me that is very difficult for him to share. Um, so I know you yeah, I think that's the that's the the mantle or the challenge that I really feel like I want to give to guys, the men that are coming, is that we have this, we have this for some reason we have this uh, mentality that you know a man's got to be gruff and you know don't say much and you know short answers mm-hmm. and only you know two thousand words a day and uh, all that kind of stuff. But I realize that that the more vulnerable I become, the more open I am, and really the more healing that can happen. And really, the, Ashley's helped me draw that out you know, and become more vulnerable, you know, and, and really it's that, um, it's that place of trust mm-hmm. between a husband and a wife that you have to get to so that, uh, so that you can share that. Because I know that if I bear my, you know, most intimate secrets to her, things that happened in my childhood, things that I went through that I haven't told anybody, you know, then she's able to help bring healing, you know, ultimately God brings the healing, but man, God uses her in so many great ways. And so that's some of the things that we want to, uh, challenge couples that come next week. It's good. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things we look for in speakers uh, and presenters at the conference is not just that they can present well, which we all y'all do, uh, but they minister to people. I mean, we want people to be mm-hmm. ministered to, and that's what I'm excited about for your session. And people who are coming, y'all are going to do a book signing afterwards, correct? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So come, buy their book, Hope for Your Marriage, at the EXO Conference. Listen to Clayton and Ashley Hurst. Hey, listen, uh, one of the parts of the book that I loved, we're talking actually about communication today on the podcast as well. We want to focus on okay. a little bit of communication. Is your four foolproof ways for better communication from your book? Number one is timing is everything. Number two is yep. location, 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 which is great for location. business and great for communication. Uh, the third one is the heart of the matter. And uh, mm-hmm. the third one is consider your tone. So, uh, if you want more information about uh, four foolproof ways for better communication, your book's an excellent resource for that. Um, well, yeah. and we really learned through that of, <clears throat> you know, for, for communication, that's the area that we really struggled in, yeah. you know, and, and I think uh, coming to the place to where we realized that, you know, her number one greatest need is a security. My number one greatest need is, is honor back. You know, and, and understanding in those areas that, that tone matters a lot to me, mm-hmm. you know, um, how she presents those things to me, the, the, the location in which she says those things. You know, there's certain things that you want to have a conversation about that you really don't need your kids in the room, you know, when you're when you're uh, talking about those uh, areas. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you need to kind of be that model for your kids. Mm-hmm. But just the importance of doing that, you know, I, I still remember a time to where there was something that I had done. I don't remember all the details, but there was something that I had said or, or had done and actually needed to confront me in love about. It. And the thing that I remember is that, you know what? She did it at the right lo- with the right location. 
She did it with the right tone. You know, she didn't come in uh, nagging, saying, hey, we got to talk about something. You got to change some stuff right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so she set me up for, for a win. She set yeah. me up for success. You know, and, and I often tell guys, I said, you know, your, your wife is, is on the same team, is on your same team. You know, and when we realized that we were fighting for each other, not with each other, you know, mm-hmm. we were we were on the same team. Ultimately, it's almost like a coach that throws batting practice. Mm-hmm. You know what? A coach is, that throws batting practice doesn't want to uh, whiz a ball past you so you're not getting better. You know, ultimately, they're going to throw a ball to you so that you can work on your swing. Well, mm-hmm. that's really what we learned through that, through, through communication, is that when Ashley sets me up well and I set her up well, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't, I don't want her to swing and miss, and she doesn't want me to swing and miss. We, we're there to help each other work on those, maybe those hidden things that we don't really see, kind of the blind spots that we have. And uh, I think that's what, um, you know, effective communication really looks like. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you've got to believe in your spouse, in your communication. Yeah, and sure. so that's what the Lord really spoke to me was when you communicate, you need to believe in your spouse. You might disagree with them, but you need to still show them that you support them, even in your disagreement. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I, what I told her was that, you know, if I go to work and somebody's, you know, they, you know, they say some wrong things to me, or maybe they're coming at me. I can, I can put that aside. That, that doesn't really bother me at all. But if, if she comes at me or if she says something at me, you know, to me, she judged me for years just with her words. And so, you know, it's so powerful that you have the ability to speak life, you know, and speak hope into your spouse, mm-hmm. whether they, whether they give it back or not, you have that ability, you know? And so yeah. um, I've always appreciated that about Ashley is that, you know, she just has that, uh, always at the forefront of her mind, you know what, I'm going to support him, you know, even if I think he's crazy, <laughs> I'm going to support him, you know, and yeah. we'll, we'll go through it together. Yeah. All right. Well, so we have a couple of Facebook questions for you too. So Shannon from Facebook says, how can I fix my marriage if my husband isn't willing to? Yeah, Ooh. that's a tough one. We've mm-hmm. actually counseled quite a few women lately who are, have been in that situation. And we tell them, you know what, draw as close as you can to the Lord as possible. Lean in harder than you've ever leaned into Jesus. Because, you know, a woman's number one need is security. And when her security is rocked, man, that is just, that's the hardest thing ever. And so we just say, you've got to get all your security from the Lord. You've got to listen to the Lord. Let him lead you. Let him. Lead you. There's a story we tell in the book. I had done... For some reason, I had come across an article about the astronauts from the 1970s and 60s. And, you know, they were so famous and well-known. You look at their lives and you think, oh, my goodness, that must have been an incredible life to live. I mean, they were like so incredibly famous during that time. You know, we were trying to be the first ones on the moon. And um, out of those 30 astronauts, only seven remained married. And um, I was just like, okay, why? You know, what was going on? Well, of course, they were gone all the time. You know, they were women were throwing themselves at them. You know, there were a lot of affairs. I mean, these women's lives were rocked. And I read a really interesting story about a man named Charlie Duke and his wife, Dottie. He was the 10th astronaut to walk on the moon, the youngest. And um, they were in that same situation. Their marriage was awful. He was never home. He was not nice to her. And so she began looking for the Lord anywhere she could, or she began looking for purpose anywhere she could find it. And eventually it led her to church and she was saved. And so it it changed everything for her. I mean, it just changed her whole outlook on life. It gave her purpose, meaning, but you know, she still had 
this husband who wasn't there for her at all. And so she just began to pray for him. And in the midst of praying for him, she said the Lord spoke to her and said, you need to forgive Charlie. And she was like, forgive him. But Lord, he's still mean to me. He hasn't, he hasn't even asked me to forgive him. Why would I forgive him? And she, and he just said, you need to forgive him and I'll do the rest. And so she, she began to forgive him. And, and, and it was just, she came back to him and said, Lord, this is so hard. I don't understand why you're having me do this. And she said, the Lord spoke back to her and said, how are you ever supposed to understand what unconditional love is if you don't have to love someone that doesn't deserve it? It's mm, good. It's powerful. And so she said, okay. She goes, okay, I'm going to love him and I'm going to forgive him, even though he does not deserve it. Mm. So she began doing nice things for him, making his lunch and writing him sweet notes and just, you know, just incredible difference in her behavior towards him. Three years later, one day, Charlie woke up and he thought, you know what? My wife's been so nice to me. You know what? I I need to do something nice for her. So he asked her, he said, you know, I want to do something nice for you, Dottie. You name it, I'll do it. Well, there was this Bible retreat at her church that weekend, and she was like, I want you to come with me. I want you to come to this retreat. And he was reluctantly, he was like, okay, I'll go, I'll go. He came to the retreat. He gave his life to the Lord. Their marriage was reconciled within months. Heart, you know, he began to speak to him about how he needed to love his wife. He had not been loving his wife. And now they have this incredible marriage. They've had the opportunity to travel all over the world as ambassadors for the astronaut program. But on their travels, they tell people about the Lord and what he did for their marriage. It's incredible. Mm, but it was right. all because she remained faithful for those three years and didn't give up on her husband. Mm. But she couldn't have done it without God. I, she yeah. said, I mean, she she says that she wanted to commit suicide before she gave her heart to the Lord. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know how people do it without God. Yeah, and the world will, will tell those people to give up. And, um, and it's so powerful when you see people push through it and give God a chance. So great, great response to Shannon mm-hmm. on Facebook. All right. So this is obviously, this is always such a touchy subject. I don't know why people get so bent out of shape over Valentine's. But uh, my husband refuses <laughs> to celebrate Valentine's Day. He said he doesn't know Aww. to do romantic things. He doesn't know how to do romantic things. Uh, I love to celebrate Valentine's Day. This is from Daphne on Facebook. Uh, how, do, how do you get a husband or a wife, you know, sometimes the husband wants to be a little, little romantic. How do you get them just to even... Yeah you know, pursue each other on a day. And it doesn't even have to be Valentine's Day, any day. But Valentine's Day is a good excuse for that. I think, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about is the the importance of continuing to woo Mm -hmm. your spouse, you know, and it doesn't take a lot. It's, it's small things. You know, the, I think a lot of times we forget that love is, uh, is not a feeling. It's a choice that you make every day, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. to get up and, you know, uh, bring your wife coffee or bring your husband, you know, coffee or just make small little choices. And I think that's really what helped us start taking steps to get Mm -hmm. out of really kind of the stagnant place, the valley that we talk about, you know, and and I would say to uh, Daphne that, you know, it's just the importance of making those small every day, you know, Mm -hmm. the things that she did to woo her husband, those things that she can do every single day. I tell husbands that, you know, whatever you did to uh, woo your wife or your girlfriend to become your wife, uh, that probably should continue. So Mm -hmm. if you wrote poems, if you opened the door, if you called her and asked her out on dates and, you know, that needs to continue throughout your marriage. It may Mm -hmm. look different, but the pursuit needs to continue to be there. And, and like you said, it doesn't have to necessarily just fall on Valentine's. That's something that we should do on a continual basis, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that they realize that, Hey, you're worth my pursuit every single day. And so 
that's finding out their love language. That's pursuing them in the way they will, they'll receive it. You know, Ashley, Ashley receives love by, um, by just quality time. And so I make sure that I sit down with her and even though I may not get a lot necessarily out of it, I love doing it because I know that it pours into her. And so finding those little things that will mean the most to your spouse but will really elevate them, you know, uh, to let them know, man, I love you and I care about you and I'm willing to do this on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And maybe just practically she could give him suggestions on how to be romantic. You know, I, sometimes we need a little help in that area. I helps. think sometimes yeah, we as women are, we try, sometimes speak in code and men don't always know what we really want. And I know the Lord has really been impressing on me lately to be more intentional and more obvious in what I say to Clayton and not expect him to decipher what I'm, what I mean, mm-hmm. being more intentional on what I mean and what I say. Mm-hmm. And so, so helpful. Thank you, Ashley, for saying that. <laughs> it's torture. Oh, well, and, I and you, I think for guys, we try to, we take things so literally, well, you sign, you know, no, that's, that's really not what she meant, you know? And yeah. so it's trying to decipher through the, through the code of, of what, uh, what they really mean or what she really means. And so yeah. I, I would agree with that, man, that would help a lot. Even, even going as far as saying, you know what, it would mean the world to me if you called me up and asked me out on a date mm-hmm. or it would mean the world to me if you, if you found the babysitter for this weekend, yeah. you know, or whatever the case yeah. may be, I think uh, being intentional in that area would help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It gets the process started and guys can s- sometimes, you know, you know, be dull in the beginning, but if we can get a little help and get into a rhythm, you know, it allows us to go, okay, this isn't so bad. We can, we can figure this out. Yeah. And we start to For do sure. it on our, on our own, sure. but some guys just get stuck in a rut. They're lazy. They, they wanted something <laughs> when they were dating them. Once they had them, yeah. they kind of got lazy and now they don't know what to do. So yep. it's great. Exactly. great point. Great hey, point. If, if people want your book, um, where can they go to get it? Uh, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Books, uh, anywhere at walmart.com. Uh, it's also in a, quite a few retailers, and uh, they can find it there. You can just search Hope for Your Marriage mm-hmm. and pick it up there. Congrats on the book. It's a big deal. Hey, Thank thanks so you much. So much. Thanks so much. We'll Can't see. wait for XO next weekend. So yeah, next weekend, we'll see you live. Come check them out. Yay. Hey, go to xomarriage.com and check it out. Uh, you can buy tickets to some of our um, host site locations, and also some of them are free. So check out the simulcast locations. Also, the next week at Exo Tulsa, we'll be there live as well. So check it out. Thank you, Clayton and Ashley, for being on the podcast today. Thanks so much. And we'll see you soon. Hey, we want you to stick around. George and Tom Gregor coming up next. Don't want to miss interviews again. They're also speaking at the conference. We'll be right back. When you're dating a person, you always care. You never fall in love with a person that says, how much longer is this going to last? <laughs> Come on, really. Find a friend. I just want to make out. <laughs> you think that's going to work? You're just, yes, really. You're on the phone till 2 o'clock breathing. <sighs> <sighs> I'm practicing being with you late at night. <sighs> And I just care, I just care, and I'm faking it because I really don't care that much, but I I don't want to lose you. But as soon as I get you, I'm going to go ahead and just let you know that I don't care. And communication. Tone carries an encrypted message to your spouse that either comforts or upsets them. Tone communicates care. Listen to me. It is impossible 
to communicate with a person who doesn't care. If I don't care what you're saying, this way, you're talking to me and I don't care. You say, are you listening? Say, yeah. <laughs> Listen. Is, is there an attitude there? Is there a time there? If I care, it sounds like this. Of course, honey. What, what do you want to say? Of course. Eye contact, patient, pleasant. My tone says, I really care about you. Welcome back to the EXO Podcast. We had a great interview with Clayton and Ashley Hurst. I hope you had a chance to check it out. They will be also at the EXO Conference next weekend. But up next, we have some special guests joining us via Skype as well. George and Tanja Gregory, all the way from sunny California. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, and you are also part of this star-studded lineup for EXO Conference next weekend. We're, we're very excited, and uh, that's all we've been talking about for weeks, is yeah. that we get to speak on stage with such a great lineup, especially Pastor Jimmy. Oh, good. Well, you're the founders of Journey for Life, and uh, you'll have a marriage ministry I've been doing for quite a while, and you were a part of one of our first Marriage on the Rock certification programs. That's how I met you. That's right. That's right. That's right. We, we, we like to tell everybody that Pastor Jimmy and you spoke into our lives and gave us the passion to do what we do. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're no strangers to marriage ministry because I know, Tondra, you have a counseling practice. And uh, when we met, you were counseling in New York, and now you're having to figure out all the West Coast problems, probably counseling yes. people in California. <laughs> and right. George, you were connected with the, with the church up there, but also with the NFL, and you recently moved i see the logo on your shirt unfortunately it's not a star it's a charger symbol that's right that's right well you know god opened a major door for us and uh we get to do now what we were doing in the church world and just with a few teams we get to do it now with uh, a team that's our very own team la chargers and most of what we do is proclaim the gospel but a lot of what we do is is to help marriages uh, of players and coaches and their wives. And so God has really hooked us up. Praise God. That's a great opportunity. The divorce rate for uh, athletes is staggering. I mean, professional athletes, they have a, a horrific divorce rate. And so praise God that y'all have an opportunity to minister to people who really need it. They're young. They're making millions of dollars. And most of them have good intentions. They just don't know how to handle all that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. They're, they're, they're sort of walking a, a road that many of us in marriage are walking. They've never made as much money. They've never had the celebrity spotlight. Uh, and in marriage, we don't know what we're doing until we're married. And yet, uh, half the time, they don't know what they're doing, just like half the time, we don't know what we're doing in marriage until we really, really get in and we just get our feet wet. Yeah, good. So you're going to be part of EXO. I want you to just, for a brief, brief, brief period of time, explain the session that you have coming up next weekend uh, we have 4,000 people at the live event. We have a huge simulcast audience. You'll have an opportunity to minister to thousands of couples. So just tease it a little bit. Give us a little teaser of what you feel like the Lord's going to bring at the conference next weekend. Well, uh, you know, so we looked at EXO, meaning love, mm-hmm. and we realized that in our new environment, X's and O's are very important. Uh, in the NFL world, X's and O's mean that you have to put the right X's and O's together in order to have a winning team. And in marriage, everyone wants to be on a winning team. No one wants to fail. And so what we want to talk about is how to have oneness and solidarity 
versus isolation and individualism. Mm, that's good. Uh, we want to prepare people that no matter what stage their marriage is uh, currently, that they can be a part of a winning team. And what we realized on day one of working with NFL marriages and in the NFL is, is that number one is you have to know you're on the same team. You're not enemies, you're not opponents, you are one. And that oneness and solidarity in marriage is very, very, very important. That's good, very powerful. Yeah, and in addition to being on the same team, you know, we every team has opponents that are fighting against you to not let you, you know, win or score that touchdown or accomplish your goals. So we want to highlight what are those um, that are opposing us, what things are opposing us, and how do we um, develop a strategy to help us overcome those obstacles that would hinder us from reaching our marital and relational goals. That's good. That's very good. That's going to be a very powerful session. And it'll make a lot of sense to a lot of people. And uh, I think from a male's perspective, a lot of times women, you know, they're there, they're ready with their notebooks and their pencils, and they're ready to get some notes. Sometimes guys are sitting back. And so I feel like that's going to be a great session for them to get engaged with and understand a little bit more of the mechanics of football and sports and be able to apply that to marriage will be great. Be good stuff. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, so Journey for Life is your marriage ministry. Talk to me about what you're doing through that marriage ministry on an ongoing basis to minister to couples. What does that look like? I mean, what, what does your marriage ministry look like beyond the NFL? Yeah, well, we, we designed Journey for Life to help educate and equip couples on their uh, journey to have successful or winning relationships. Um, and what we do is we give people not only hope, but we give them practical tools through our seminars and through uh, our one-on-one mentoring. We're able to help uh help people build solid foundations. We feel called, sweetie, why don't you tell them what we feel called to the demographic? So we, the, the passion behind Journey for Life started with our own personal story of you know, being young and being married and just in a crisis, because at that time we had uh, gotten pregnant, uh, out of wedlock, no plan, uh, just completely unexpected. Um, so we got married and we just didn't have a clue what we were doing. Um, and by the grace of God, we figured it out. Um, but it was a lot of hardship and a lot of pain. Um, and once we were able to figure out how to make a marriage work, uh, we wanted to empower other couples so no one would go through the things that we went through personally. So I, I, we wanted to be proactive and not reactive. A lot of people uh, come to get help in a reactive state where things have just already fallen apart. Um, But how much more effective can we be if we are more proactive, helping them lay a foundation, helping them do pre-marriage counseling, uh, and giving them the proper tools, the proper knowledge, the proper understanding of how to make a marriage work. it's sad that in other areas of our lives that we want to be successful in, we're required to have education. We're required to go through training. Just like the NFL, you know, those guys relentlessly are working out, relentlessly running plays, eating healthy, because they want to uh, perform at their top peak performance. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we can do here in the world is get married and not have a clue on how to be effective and operate at our peak performance in the most effective strategy possible. 
So um, our heart is to uh, help equip, empower, educate, give tools to help couples have the relationship that they desire to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and most couples don't get married with the expectation that they're going to fail and not accomplish those goals. Right. And we just want to help lay that foundation so they can be success- successful. That's very good. Y'all are from North Carolina originally, is that correct? That's, That's right. correct. That's right. That's where, in, and you moved from there to New York. But how did yeah. you get started, Tantra, into the counseling world? I mean, what was that? What was that catalyst for you to say, hey, I want to begin to help people full time? What did that look like? So um, that happened because uh, George has been a pastor for most, you know, of our adult life. Um, so uh, most couples would come to the pastor for counseling. Um, but it was as if they were just coming to just get the pastor's blessing that, you know, okay, we tried and now it's, you know, we just need your blessing to divorce or separate. Um, but in those sessions, just the hurt and the pain that those couples were going through, I felt so helpless. I mean, I could pray for them. Um, but however, just, you know, faith without works is dead, right? So I'm like, okay, I got faith for them and I want to pray for them, but I just really felt ill-equipped to help them in practical ways, um, what they can do to turn things around in their relationship. And so that's what made me pursue going to get um, training and equipment because I wanted practical tools um, to empower these couples with. And so that's what led me down the counseling road, which you know has been very beneficial in the work that God continues to unfold for George and I at this time. Because at that time, we never saw what God was going to do and the things that he's doing in our life today. Like never did we dream of being on the level and platform. Uh, We laugh all the time that God is using us to help couples when we messed up so royally in the beginning. It's like, oh my gosh. Which which just says, Brent, that when we mess up because of our brokenness, that God is a God of redemption. Mm -hmm. And our story, a journey for life story, is a story of redemption and hope. Uh, we were in the middle of Times Square. Tondra's private practice was in Times Square, and yet God was opening up an avenue to us in the NFL. We got our start in the NFL by not trying to go and, and do anything, but we were asked to help pour into couples. We went just serving one team, and one team led into another team, and couples started talking about what we do. And so our life has always been about proactivity versus reacting and serving the body of Christ. and it just helped us. It, it, it helped because we were servants to really find ourselves becoming now the hands and feet of Christ right in uh, amongst NFL couples trying to equip and educate them to have successful or winning relationships. Good. Very good. And what church are you connected with now in California? So I moved from New York to California last year, just about a year ago. We did. We did. We've, we've connected uh, here in Orange County with, with two churches, actually, Mariners. Uh, in Irvine, and also Saddleback, Pastor Rick Warren, right down the street here in Lake Lake Forest. What's up with uh, I, <laughs> you and another buddy that's on uh, Instagram? Have pictures with Rick Warren kissing you on the cheek. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I I told Pastor Rick that I didn't get down like that in New York City, and I didn't move out here to conservative Orange County to do that either. So, <laughs> not for sure. Uh, Montel Jordan is a friend of mine. He's going to be speaking at Exo Tulsa. And he also posted a picture with Rick Warren kissing him on the cheek. And I thought, what? 
is there some sort of like cultural thing that I'm not aware of <laughs> where pastors kiss each other on the cheek and this is like all this new fat or it's pretty well, pretty great. I guess he's trying to take it literally to uh, to greet each other with a holy kiss. I don't know. <laughs> the purpose-driven greeting. Yeah, that's right. It's good stuff. <laughs> well, good. So you're loving California. Loving it. Loving it. Loving California. We, uh, we, we found a whole new life, uh, new friends. And I, actually, we found a new passion for, for, for Christ and what he's called us to. Uh, new York was great, uh, but to be here in the L.A. area, which is just as influential, and we can even have a bigger and a larger impact. And who knows, maybe we even be bi- bi-coastal one day. I don't know. That's good. What's the biggest difference in marriage ministry from New York to, to L.A.? Um, I, I, I would say that it just seems like there's a more openness to say uh, uh, marriage in, in Orange County. Uh, although it's great in some areas, in a lot of areas, it's just like the NFL. 70% divorce rate in the NFL and around 60 to 70% in Orange County. Wow. And we found ourselves uh, in New York where people tried to, to wear a mask. We don't have issues. We're, we're powerful. We're strong. And yet, uh, and that's no slam on New Yorkers. They're just so resilient. But here in Orange County, it seems like the mask comes down enough just to say, I'm not going to die in a sea of lifeguards. I want to raise my hand and get the proper health care or uh, care that I need for my relationships. Good. Yeah. And I would say um, a big difference between here in Orange County and New York. Uh, in Orange County, people actually are getting married. <laughs> and, you know, in yeah. New York City, people aren't true I mean a lot of people aren't getting married it's more um living together and you know setting up house together so getting married later in getting married later in life after they pursue their aspirations and dreams so that um we did a lot more like relationship pre pre pre-marital painting a vision on what is marriage and why it's effective but here in Orange County people kind of have that um baseline and um, they are getting married but however the divorce rate is still high so there is you know something that's not working out or something is missing in this area as well so people are getting married but they're not able to sustain their marriage for a lifetime that's good well i'm glad you're there to help them out hey we have a couple of uh facebook questions for you if you're okay with that okay yes good uh okay so trisha on facebook says what if what do you do if one spouse likes a counselor and the other one doesn't? Okay, my recommendation, because because the counseling relationship is the basis of the work that you would do together, it has to be that you both find a counselor that you both connect with. Um, because without that security of that relationship, it's not going to be as effective as it could be. I always say, um, this is why I used to tell my clients in New York, I said, finding the right counselor is like finding the right pair of shoes. You have to keep trying. (laughs) You have to keep trying until you find that right pair of shoes that fits you perfectly. And there's diverse personalities, diverse temperaments of client, I mean, counselors out there. um, But you really do have to find one that you both feel good about and that they, they are a good fit for you. That's a good answer. I like it. Okay, next question. Uh, Matthew, my wife is accusing me of being a narcissist. I truly care for her feelings. I'm not sure how to respond. So what do you do if your wife is using the narcissist's word to ex- describe you, but you deny the accusation? 
Well, that might be the first sign of a narcissist. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so th the thing about like we can only see so much in our lives, and so whenever you get married or in a relationship, you have to trust that what that person is reflecting back to you might be something that you really need to look at. Because uh, we, you know, when George and I first got married, I thought I was the most giving, generous person, right? Um, but when we got married, just that dynamic of our relationship really pushed on, on the fact that actually I was a selfish person. Um, so there are things in us that we don't even know is there that a marital relationship will start to squeeze on that and it will just start oozing out. So if, if, you know, regardless of if he sees himself as a narcissist, you know, there might be something that needs to be explored there. We just can't reject whatever our spouse is saying because, you know, you could, we all have blind spots. Just to follow up, my dad was on the podcast a few weeks ago, and then I had a divorce attorney last week on the podcast. Both of them were asked questions about narcissism, and both of them said the same thing. It's almost impossible to get a narcissist to see that they're the problem. They always ultimately think they're, they're not the problem. And last week, the divorce attorney said I, can think, he said, I can see every marriage being saved except when you're married to a narcissist. It's almost impossible to save that marriage. So have you all found that in your practice that when you're talking to people that where you're dealing with a couple and one of them's a narcissist, it's a definitely an uproad battle. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You, you, in, in any marriage re or, or relationship, uh, we're not perfect. Uh, when I was single, I thought I was perfect. Uh, and I got married and my wife rocked my world. She says, you're not perfect. And so uh, until we're open uh, with that, we have issues that we need to work on until we realize uh, that uh, our brokenness and our humanity puts us in a place where when we really genuinely want to have the help that we need, such as in a narcissist, once we realize that we do have issues, then that's half the battle. We can begin to strategize and to, and to chart uh, a, a strategy on a winning plan. Uh, and I find that in our marriage, uh, when Tondra would point certain things out to me, it would hurt. But when I put the time aside to really reflect and think and come back to her and say, you know what, I see some validity in that and I'm willing to go to bat for that. It, it put her in a position to love me because I was loving myself. Mm -hmm. That's good. One final question. Uh, we're talking a little bit about communication today on the podcast. What is your number one tip for communication for couples and what is something that they can do right now to apply to their marriage that will instantly help them kind of have a turn in their communication for the better? Um, I would say um, a really big thing is really listening. I find that a lot of couples are hearing each other, but they're not listening to each other. Li you know, they're getting caught up in how the communication is being said, but not really trying to hear what is deeper within and respond to that that is deeper within not so much was on the surface. Um, and I just find that um, that just kind of just takes, you know, not listening and, and uh, it kind of just takes the communication off because 98% no, of the time on how a conversation starts um, is going to end is the same way it's going to end. So if it starts off harsh, abrupt in the beginning, 
then it's probably going to end that way. Um, so basically just making sure that you're listening and that you're allowing the person to feel heard and understood uh, is a big part. And I just feel like it's a big obstacle for couples to overcome. Um, and it just kind of slowly unravels because uh, you never get to a resolution or get to a clear um, plan because you just can't even talk about it, you know. So. Yeah, Brent, I'd also say just really quickly, uh, not only hearing and listening, but we, we've got to really put ourselves out there and ask a key question, and that is, how am I doing? If more, if more of us in marriage and relationship ask that key question, how am I doing? You see, I think I'm always doing very well. But whenever I ask that dangerous question to my wife and she really tells me how I'm doing and she doesn't tell me just what it is, but she phrases it in a, in a great way that's uplifting to me, but it's truthful, then I can self-assess and say, you know what, based off that, I know what I need to work on. And if I'm asking my wife throughout my marriage, how am I doing, I shouldn't have to worry about divorce papers being served on mm -hmm. me because I'll know how I'm doing because I'm having a check-in just like I go to the doctor to have checkups I go to my wife and I say let me check in how am I doing so that's a key question I just turned 40 so I got a physical that's very it's a very invasive process <laughs> I don't know how much I want to give my spouse liberty to do in my body but it's always good to check up and get uh, get that information that's a great answer to the questions thank you all for being so open and honest with everyone about your story I'm excited about your session I, I didn't know what it was gonna be about just hearing you explain it uh, I'm excited to learn. Nobody's really brought that illustration of, of kind of tying in the X's and O's with uh, strategy for winning, and that's uh, going to be really good. Yeah. Well, we're excited to be there. Thank you so much for having us. We uh, are so excited. Absolutely. We've got a great lineup. It starts that Friday morning with my dad and then Tim Ross. Uh, we've got Craig Rochelle, and then in the afternoon we've got you guys, the Hearst, who we mentioned uh, earlier in the segment today, and then uh, the fierce marriage couple, Ryan and Selita Fre Frederick, that night's my dad, Max Lucado, Jefferson Bethke. And we've got a friend of yours from San Diego, maybe, Miles McPherson. I don't know if you met Miles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He'll be there Friday morning. And then the Willises, and then my dad caps it off. So we've got a lot of great speakers. I'm excited about having you all there. Hope you have safe travels. We'll see you next week. All right. All right. See you thank next you. week. Thanks. All right. Hey, thanks so much for the Gregory's for being a part of the podcast. And thank you for joining us. Uh, if you didn't check out the Hearst at the, the beginning of the session, Please check them out. They'll be at the conference next weekend. Uh, hey, guys, real quick, is there a URL for more information about your ministry? Yeah, they can go to Journey for Life Now, and the four is the number four. So journey, the number four, lifenow.com. Great. Please check them out. Uh, we'll have Fredericks next week on the podcast talking about their session. Uh, also check out exomarriage.com for more simulcast locations. The live event is sold out. We are completely full. We have an overflow waiting list right now that will hope, hopefully be able to send those people to simulcast location. So if you missed out on tickets to the Exo Conference Live, we will have a lot of opportunity for you for simulcast locations. Also, Exo Tulsa's the next weekend. We'll be live there. Jimmy Evans, Craig Rochelle, many other special guests. So please check that out at exomarriage.com. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye.